Welcome to the WCIA 3 and 1 pod. Brett Barron's along with Marley Weirda here at our podcast studios as Illinois beats Notre Dame 82-72 in the Big Ten ACC Challenge. Marley, there was a lot of question marks coming into this one, most notably surrounding Trent Frazier, Andre Curbelo. Trent plays, Curbelo does not. Grandison back in the lineup as well. Does not start, but gets into the game as Illinois beats a Notre Dame team that I don't think is very good, but Illinois has not been very good either uh, after the UTRGV. Did I get that right? UTRGV. There you go. On Friday, they gave up uh, 85 plus points, and they hold Notre Dame to 72 tonight. Okay, call that a win, all things considered. Illinois now 5-2. You were courtside, Marley, for the game. Uh, what stood out to you most about Illinois' performance? Yeah, I think they're getting back to being a tougher team. As Brad Underwood said before this game on Sunday, he said he thought that they were playing a little soft, extremely soft. Soft as Sherman. It was good to see um, just a little bit more of that that feistiness that maybe they've been lacking um, for a couple games this season. And uh, it showed itself in, you know, several different ways. Defensively, they really went on, you know, an offensive heater um, at the end of the, the first half there. Um, but all things considered, um, you know, we didn't know this prior to the game, but in the postgame press conference, Underwood is talking about how essentially half the roster was sick tonight. Not just sniffles, cold. Demonte Williams is like throwing up at halftime. Kofi wasn't feeling well. This is the I feel like the Michael Jordan equivalent of the mm-hmm. flu game now, you know, on to, to Illinois. Um, so when you consider all of those factors and not being full numbers, Andre Carbello still missing. Austin Hutcherson, who wasn't even on the bench today with the team, um, maybe he was at home sick and they didn't want him around the team, you know, um, being contagious and all that. But uh I think, you know, they found a a way to rally and to push and and overcome a little bit of adversity. Was it perfect? No. But did they get the job done? Yes. And I think they want to be back in that, you know, top 25 ranking. Yeah, Illinois falls out of the top 25 on Monday, released uh, Monday morning. They had been in the AP rankings since early March of 2020. So the 1920 season, two seasons ago, since then, they had been uh, a ranked team. And Illinois used to be a ranked team every week back in the 2000s and, you know, even early um, 2010 decade there. And then they've fallen out and they, they weren't in the AP top 25 for five plus years. And so to get back in and now to fall out, look, I don't think they deserve to be in. I thought they would still be at 25. Like somebody yeah. asked me earlier this week, like, is Illinois going to be right next week? I said, I think they're going to be 25th. They were like, I don't know, 50 votes short of that or something at 26th sure. receiving yeah, I votes. Yeah, they were still getting votes. Sure. Like, yeah, they're not falling out of that. Um, if they beat Rutgers on Friday, they'll, they'll be back in the top 25. I, I don't doubt that um, when it comes out next Monday. Um, that's notable, you know, but for me, it was all about this team. Just how are they going to respond? How are they going to gut it out after a really poor performance? And, and you, geez, you had to cut out the win last Friday. And then you come. <laughs> yeah. And get a much better team in Notre Dame. They were a top 100 Kinpom team. And UTRGV barely a top, they're like 290 in the Kinpom coming in. So, like, you just take that for reference. And, like, Kinpom isn't perfect. But it does give you a metric and a nice analytic to go and and tell you what a team should be. And for Illinois being a a top 10 
Ken Palm team to start the year, and now they were down in the middle 20s. You know, like, they had fallen off. I didn't feel like they necessarily deserved to be ranked. And to me, this showed a lot of them gutting it out tonight. And I think that's really impressive for for them to be able to bounce back and have so many guys that are not healthy or sick or, you know, injured, whatever it may be, fill in that lineup. And, and you're just, you know, you're getting a start from R.J. Melendez, and, and he plays 11 minutes and, you know, gets a, a three in there. And, and Luke Goody plays nine minutes, and I, th- I thought he was productive in that sense. And, you know, you essentially – get two freshmen in there that we didn't even know if we're going to play at all this year, very right. limited minutes. And one gets a start and they, they both make positive contributions in that sense. You know, they're not negative plus minus, you know, I feel like this was just a, a good measuring stick for Illinois to say, Hey, let's put last week behind us. The loss to Cincinnati was not great. Mm-hmm. You, you find a way to beat Kansas state when you lose Trent Frazier in that game and you come home after a little post Thanksgiving hangover against a bad team and you find a way to win <laughs> And now, like you start the month of December, just trying to get healthy. But I feel like at five and two, you, you know, you're still swimming even there. You're, you're not downstream. You're not upstream. But I just feel like you're, you're still, you know, you're, you're finding your way through a gritty part of this early season that hasn't gone according to plan. I mean, yeah. nobody thought they'd be sitting here at five and two, it's and if just such a weird and and year. Where, where they're at now. Yeah, I would argue this year is almost. Sh- just the start of it is it feels more strange than the start of last season, just because I don't feel like there is a real identity for this team yeah, yet yeah. Um, because of all that uncertainty and guys missing and Andre Corbello available for this game and then not available the next week. And then here comes Trent Frazier back and then he's hurt again. Um, there's just maybe a lack of, of role definition. And um, I, I think of how this team probably hasn't been able to gel together and they haven't had a lot of time to to practice um as a full complete healthy team um in weeks it seems like brad underwood said that trent frazier didn't even know he was going to be playing today until you know a couple hours before the game tips off so he hadn't even been practicing with the team and then there he goes into the game um three for seven tonight um when he probably wasn't playing at a hundred percent so um, it is early in the season. I think, you know, they'll still end up being, you know, one of the top teams in the country if they can um, overcome some of this adversity, if they can get guys healthy again, if they can get Andre Corbello back. Um, and, yeah, but Big Ten season starting soon, I think that's where they're really going to gonna be tested, going to be punched in the mouth, and it'll be interesting to see um, when the going gets tough. Yeah, and the focus, I felt like, okay, Corbello's out tonight. We don't know the extent of his injury. Underwood's well, been can very... can I make a hypothesis? Yeah. I think, I was talking about this um, with some of the other media members today after the game, and I think there's such a stigma around mental health and athletes. You know, if it was a neck injury, oh, it's a knee injury, it's a elbow injury, whatever it is, I think sure. Underwood tells us. I mean, he has given us the extent of, you know, his concussion, but... Now this is a, a completely different thing. I wouldn't be surprised if he's having some kind of, you know, like anxiety attacks or performance anxiety. And I think that's something that isn't talked about enough. And a lot of athletes are going through that. So maybe this is one of those situations. And I hope maybe, you know, when he does get better and he is healthy enough to play that he'll, you know, open up and, and want to talk about it. Because um, I think just the the strangeness of the situation and how he's, kind of been off and on, available, seems healthy. Um, it might yeah. be some something to do with mental health. I think that's my prediction. Um, you know, we'll see. I don't know if we'll ever find out, but um, that's kind of what I think maybe 
might be going on. Sure. And just speculation that we don't know anything. Brad's yeah, been uh, very discreet on what his condition is. And he said tonight he's, that Andre is not in concussion protocol, which I think is important for that, just to clarify that and what he's trying to bounce back from. Brad did say head trauma in Kansas yeah. City. And we're just taking. Now it's not head trauma. Yeah. So we're just taking for what whatever the words are there. And, and Brad uh, has not been very, you know. Um, open about whatever that is, and that's fine. It, it, that's you know his prerogative and, and Andre's prerogative in that sense, and whatever they want to do. Um, but you know his presence is certainly missed, and that's why for me tonight getting Trent Frazier back was a bigger story than Kofi Coburn scoring a game high twenty eight points because I felt like they had a point sure. guard. Kofi in that sense. scores a game high twenty eight points. It's like a lot. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> so you know, yeah. that's, it's he. It's not surprising when he does that. I guess. If, and, and he's a force in there. We all know what, and we just come to expect that. And it was surprising to me. He only had eight rebounds in a sense. You know, he's a mm-hmm. walking double double. But it's like, okay, um, you know, why why didn't he have a double double, or why didn't he have ten rebounds, or you know, whatever that may be. So so for me, I felt like the offense was so much more balanced because they had a point guard in Trent Frazier tonight. We Nineteen s- assists also, and they were kind of pretty balanced out. Yeah, you mean just from Trent? No, I'm saying um, oh, from no the, nineteen from assists as a team. Oh so yeah, were, yeah, yeah. They Absolutely. were like you know sharing the ball. Hundred um, percent. Yes. A bit, as I was like, dang, that was going to be a um, new. Program record with 19 assists. No, I, I'm saying, uh, like, um, you know, it, it's different from a game like the UT Rio Grande Valley where, you know, Kofi and yes. um, Alfonso take up 75%, you know, more than half of Illinois' offensive production where, you know, the assists show that they were able to spread it out. A right. Bit. And Trent has six of those 19. Mm-hmm. And I felt like he just commanded the offense better. And he starts the defense. He's a really, really high level defender as yeah. well. So just having his presence out there for me was just as big of a story as Kofi scoring 28 points because we've come to expect that. Now, they still need Kofi to do that. I'm not trying to take away anything from from what Kofi is or and what produ- what his production is. But for me, it's, it's Trent being out there and being that super senior leader and presence that they just don't have, and it's nothing against DeMonte. But DeMonte's not a point guard, right? He's played the four in his career, but you know mm-hmm. now he's played one through four, essentially. I'm sure he's blogged some minutes at the five as well. Similar, you know, to what Malcolm Hill used to do. But it's like, so that that was my biggest takeaway tonight is once Illinois gets a point guard in there, and Trent's not even a point guard, he's an off-ball scorer. <laughs> you know, like once but once you get Andre in there and, and what we all know Andre can do and what he's shown, then this team can click, you know. And so for me, that's what stood out is they were sharing the ball, and, and it helps when you shoot the three as well as they did. Uh, and you know, when Alfonso Plummer is, is going off on some heaters and, you know, he goes five for 15. I felt like maybe five of those were a little bit forced in terms of him yeah. just chucking it up. I don't know what your evaluation was of that, yeah. but he puts up 21 points. You know, and those are your two leading scores for the Illini. And, you know, when, when they're combining to score 49 of, of 82, that's that's still a good number there that you're relying on two guys. But I do agree it was more balanced. You know, at, at halftime, Marley, Illinois had more three-point attempt or more than half of their field goals were from three. I, I noticed that, you know? too. And they had it clicking. And, and um, yeah. you know, it got caught up a little bit in the second half was my take of it. And, and that's they why they got kind back. Of a shooting drought a little bit. There was, yeah, and Notre Dame got back five, in the game. Five, six minutes where they went without a field goal. Yeah, Notre Dame was fouling a lot. So Illinois was able to, you know, add a couple points on the board. But if it weren't for, for a couple of those free throws to maybe ease the blow a little bit of, 
um, Notre Dame's comeback, I think this would have been a lot closer game than, than it was. Yeah, and it's crazy to me. After shooting no free throws in the first half, Illinois puts up 19 in the second. So that goes to show your point of, you know, how many free throws and, and how many uh, hack of Kofi's they were doing there in the second half. I, I just don't remember a, a half where Illinois doesn't shoot a free throw. I mean, that was pretty crazy um, for me in that sense. But the lead's all the way down to five with 307 left. No and I wonder why my back was so tired today. Usually the free throws are a good break <laughs> to, like, put the camera down, rest right? the shoulder. Um, so it's, it's 63-49, and then all of a sudden it's – you know, seventy-one, sixty-six. So, like they they went on a good run there and, and mm-hmm. cut it to five. And and credit to Illinois for bouncing back and being resilient. You know, and and really not letting them get any closer than five. You feel like if that gets to three in a one possession game, then that changes the dynamic of you know, oh my gosh, it's a one possession <laughs> game, and and we were up, you know, fourteen there. Um, so credit to Illinois for that. You know, with with a roster that, um, you know, is hurting right now, is it, it is not great. Um, they they really got this one out, and that's what I'm going to remember from this game. Same here. Uh, it was great to hear the crowd in there again. I, like, I know we keep saying yeah. that, but, like, I think we're building here to that Arizona game, which I'm really looking forward to in a couple of weeks. I think the, the Rutgers game on Friday. I mean, Rutgers has been a yeah, tough opponent Friday for Illinois. Um, that's going to be fun to see. And I feel like that crowd helped Illinois. I love the fire Nagy chance as well fire. tonight. LSU. LSU. That one was funny. Um, if you know, you know. But. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I, I did think it was interesting that uh, ALH junior Caden Fagan yes. was there tonight as well. Interesting timing. Notre Dame high on his list of, of uh, potential suitors for – Football and maybe he just you know happened to get some courtside seats tonight. Yeah, from I, I'm someone. thinking maybe um, you know Brett Bielema is like, hey, let's uh have you sit courtside here. I'll pay yes. for your your tickets. Let's watch our basketball team. Yes, you know, kick the shite out of. Yes, hundred <laughs> percent. Hey, that's game. recruiting at its finest right I there. Know. I think I think that's great. I think it's an interesting power play move from uh, maybe Brett yeah. Bielema. I don't know. I don't. I don't know if he you know aligned that or not, but. Loud. Um, I just, I just, I I have no idea, but I found it interesting. And if it is like, I absolutely love that from Brett Bielema just being like, Oh yeah. Basketball is playing on Notre Dame. Let's, let's invite uh, Fagan. See if he wants some tickets out of that. See if he'll, he'll come up. But, uh, you know, it's all, it's, it's all good. Just a side note there. Uh, you know, for me, they, they just need some days off. Um, this team's got to practice and, and try and figure out how to gut through, Really, Friday against Rutgers, Monday at Iowa. So another click, a quick Friday Monday turn in that. So and and that Iowa game on the road in Iowa went on the road and beat Virginia tonight. They're six and zero now. Um, they've got some playmakers. I, I think that's going to be a big time test. And and if you go one and one in that, I think you feel pretty good. If if you're Illinois, and then you set up and you get what, another five days off there before Arizona. So I think this is good. December is yeah, not okay. quite the gauntlet after you get through this Friday, Rutgers, mm-hmm. Monday, and then Saturday, Arizona. The schedule from there is a, a couple cupcakes and Missouri. Yeah. So they in are, January. <laughs> and, and January is going to get tough, and February is when it's really tough mm-hmm. for this schedule. It's, it's back-ended, no doubt. But – you know they're gonna have some time to rest here. They just gotta get through Friday, Monday, and then to get to Saturday uh, against an Arizona squad, and that is gonna be the true test because Arizona has just been absolutely unbelievable um, so far. I'll watch them a couple of times 
um, in the last week, and um, and they're really good. They they've got a lot of playmakers. They've got size, and that's going to be the the true litmus test for this Illinois team. That uh, you know now five and two, uh, you'd, you'd uh, certainly could understand why they'd be six and one. And then you know okay maybe you lose a game there. Look, it's not the end of the world. I'm not sure my metric has changed all that much, Marley. From like hey this team is. Uh, a one or two seed to a three or four seed. Okay, whatever that is. Like mm-hmm. I don't, I don't really get into that at this point. Um, it's still early. Like they played. They, they just haven't played a game with everyone yet. Yeah. Six out of seven starting lineups now. Yeah. Like uh, different just, every week. Correct. Yeah. So I, I don't know what this team is yet. And like you said, other teams and, on their toes. Right? Uh, maybe, maybe something like that. Them. Right. <laughs> you said something interesting with the identity piece, and I think that's 100 percent true here. What is this team's identity other than Kofi Coburn? I don't really know right now, and and they're going to come into that, and they're going to form into that and learn what that is, but a lot of question marks heading into this, and I'm not sure all of that's going to be fixed by the end of the calendar year. Like I think they're going to – maybe we're sitting here the second week of January, and and we figure that out, and we know that, and they've come into form, but I just don't get the sense that we're there yet. No, and it's still early, and I don't think we should expect to know that yet. Yeah. I think maybe if we're having this conversation in, you know, January, then maybe that's a little bit concerning sure. if this team doesn't have an identity by then. But um, I think in due time, they'll figure it out. I think Alfonso Plummer might, you know, be a big part of that identity. Maybe Coleman Hawkins. Yeah, and foul trouble in the first guys. half where he, he didn't play much in that first half. And, and he started tonight and, you know, only logs two minutes and 20 seven seconds in that first half because he just was in foul trouble. Picked up a couple early tic-tac ones there, then went to the bench and, you know, credit to him. He, he uh, only ends up with three personals, but those two quick ones really put him on the mm-hmm. bench and set him back. And, you know, we talked about this team playing with so much uh, expectation and even to speak of that with Andre Curbelo, Hey, first team all American by some of these people, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And like the dude, Hadn't started a game in Illinois. <laughs> so it's like, I think there was a lot of hype surrounding this year's team. And, and they had brought that on themselves, right? Like they had said that they were okay with that. And maybe they still are. I don't know. We'll find that out yeah. once they're all healthy. But at this point, I think they just need a little bit of a reset. Maybe getting out of that top 25 and just kind of playing behind the curtain a little bit will, yeah. will help them. Yeah, and I was talking to... Um... Alfonso Plummer before our like live shot that we did um, this evening, and he, he even mentioned it. He's like, "Yeah, they they kicked us out of the top twenty-five. You know, like we got to get back there." So it, it's good to know. Yeah. As much as the players don't really want to talk about rankings a lot of the time, and if you ask Brad Underwood a question about the rankings, like he usually doesn't care. Right. But I, I think it's interesting to know that um, you know maybe behind closed doors that hey, they actually are talking about it, and they're like, "Hey, let's let's get back in the top twenty-five. Yeah. Let's be." back in the national conversation. No again, doubt. Even if they don't want to tell us that. Yeah. Media. And Brad said, what, what a top five to 10 win all time. And like Brad's got a lot of hyperbole sometimes. Mm-hmm. Shocker. Right. But you know, I, I feel like this, that was genuine in a sense of for everything that this team has gone through to get to this point today, you know, what he's, retired 20 years from now he's not going to look back and be like hey remember that time on november 29th where he beat notre dame in the big 10 acc <laughs> challenge but like you know it just goes to show that through disjointedness they found a way to get it done yep and maybe that can be a stepping point um for them later on the season and a time to look back and say hey uh, remember when we did not have everyone and we found a way to win let's go do that again sure so all right illinois hosting Rutgers friday night six o'clock at state farm center for the first Big Ten game of the year. 
and it's going to be a tough one. Aylan Eckers, as Andy Olson likes <laughs> to say, uh, they they play hard-nosed brand of basketball, and they're going to come here and put up a fight, and Lenovo's going to have to um, match their punch for punch, and we'll see if they can get it done. And uh, more than anything, I know that Brad Underwood cares about Big Ten play. And so he's, he's going to prioritize that even more than this game tonight against Notre Dame. But Illinois finds a way to get it done. Watch Marley's full interview uh, with Alfonso Plummer, both in English and in Spanish, because she shot one of those as well, on our website, WCI.com. Four-plus minutes of coverage from tonight at State Farm Center as Illinois gets it done, wins by 10, 82-72. You can watch Brad Underwood's full press conference on there as well as we wrap up this victory for the Illini, who are now 5-2, and two, and look forward to Friday night against Rutgers. For Marley, I'm Brett. Thanks so much for listening. The WCI 3-1 Podcast will do it again on Friday.